Hello and welcome to the Day in Sports podcast. Ben Sherman to my right. To your immediate right. To my immediate the royal, right. The royal right. Adam Hawking in my own body. As of right now. <laughs> For today. Not to anybody's... Well, I'm to your left. Yeah. Um, we are two likes on Facebook shy of 100, so this is the 100 like TDIS underscore humble brag on Twitter podcast. Milestone podcast. Yeah. It's, that, like, it's like the 100th episode, only not. Yeah, we could just bail out like Seinfeld and just do a montage for the fifth or you know the hundredth episode. Yeah, like a best of that would be good. I don't think we have enough material yet. No. Um, okay, I wanted to get. I was looking at stuff for the show today, and um, I can't get quarterbacks out of my mind. Mark Sanchez is so handsome. They're running through your dreams. Yeah, but actually, I wanted to talk about the good quarterbacks. So I thought a cool way to break it down would be to talk about who would you take. And given windows of time, right, so that you can pick quarterbacks for the short term, and then you could pick quarterbacks that you would build a franchise around, factoring in age and, and experience and things like that. Can I take Christian Ponder in every category? I do have him written down somewhere. He, was, I think he was like the second to last name I wrote down. Yeah. Um, but so I wanted to start with two years. So you've got a two-year window. Let's sort of equalize the rosters. You're going on to a random good roster, solid roster. Um, so the, the roster is the is the kind of the... The constant. The constant here. The quarterback the is the variable, which yeah. I think maybe gives an advantage to the running quarterback a little bit because if you had just a mediocre roster, you would need somebody to move the chains with their legs as well. But this is, a, I think it's a good way to look at it. So um, you've got two years to win a championship. Mm-hmm. You could pick um, Brady, Breeze. Manning, Rodgers, or you could pick Kaepernick, Wilson, RG3, Luck. So you've got two years to win a championship. Roster, not a factor. Who would you pick? I'm going with Tom Brady. Really? I like him. He, you know, Tom's a guy, like, especially watching him throw this year, his arm looks as good as it's as it's ever looked. He's got a lot of zip on he's the ball. He's got a live arm. Yeah, he's just, he's threading the needle. You know, I, I like the way he's throwing the ball right now, and he's clearly... Shown that he can win, obviously. I mean, championships and otherwise, uh, he's just a guy that likes to win, and he's got a good arm. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd go with. I I mean, I respect the pick. I was thinking about Peyton Manning, because he threw seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but i got to go with Aaron Rodgers, because I think if you put him like on San Francisco uh, with that kind of offensive line... And that type of system. I know the receivers aren't great there, but um, if you protected him like that with a running game and defense and things like that, I just don't think that there's a better combination of a passer, mobile quarterback, and guy that mentally understands the game. Manning is, is just as accurate, but he doesn't have the same arm strength. I would say the same thing for Brady, and neither one of those guys is as mobile as Rodgers. And then I think for right now, I'm not saying these guys can't get there, but I think Rodgers is a better passer than Griffin, Wilson, uh, Kaepernick, and, and Locke. So I would end up going Rodgers, even though he's a younger guy, just for even these two years. I like the, I like the ice water in, in Brady's veins. Yeah. Rodgers is, I mean, probably all around the, as far as physical tools go, he's got so the better of all of those. You're doing some clutch factor. But I, I like the clutch factor that Tom brings to the table. Um but I, I mean, really, the top three—you'd you'd be 
hard-pressed to complain about having Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Drew Brees as your quarterback. I mean, with a decent team, most of those guys are, are going to push you pretty deep into the playoffs. Here's my thought is, if we're going to talk about sort of the, the older guys plus Rodgers, so you've got Brees, Manning, Brady, plus Rodgers. Um, I kind of feel like Drew Brees, maybe just in my mind, maybe because of the year they had last year, is sort of like falling in the discussion in my head, and also because... You'll see some higher interception years from him mm-hmm. and just a little bit more variance in his career, whereas once Rodgers started, he was brilliant and he's been brilliant. And same with Brady and Manning. Breeze has been 95% brilliant, but you have those kind of outliers. And just physically, I don't think he's just, he doesn't have quite the arm strength of the other three guys. What about the factor of like locker room like getting guys to rally around you? I mean, I, I think well, that's only worth so much, though, yeah. because I mean, to me, Sean Payton was gone last year, so that was Drew Brees' chance to do that, right? And they go seven and nine. Now they also had the worst defense in the history of the yeah. universe. <laughs> uh, who was calling their plays offensively? What's that? Who was calling their plays offensively? Um, I don't know. I would assume uh, I would assume Drew Brees was was doing a lot yeah. at the line by himself, but I don't know. I mean, I think I, I I'm picking nits here, yeah, with Drew Brees. Um, but so anyway, you go with Brady, I go yeah. with Rodgers. And then if you look at five years, you could still take Brady or Manning because chances are maybe they've got at three to four years left. But if you think those three to four years are going to be primetime Super Bowl years, you take them. Obviously, Rodgers is kind of like the sweet spot pick here because he's 29. Mm-hmm. He'd still be in his prime or relatively close, whereas Brady and Manning would be like 42, 41 years old. Breeze would be like 40. Um, or... You know, if you're looking at this as a five-year window, that's where Luck, RG3, Wilson, Kaepernick come in. So who would you take, taking in the longer view and the more I-need-to-build-a-franchise-that-can-sustain-itself type of view? Uh, despite the dramatic potential, I like Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Uh, I think he brings, clearly, very mobile. He's got a great arm. He's developing as a pocket passer, uh, getting really good at at reading the defense, or better at reading the defense, I think in five years he's he put him on the same team as you know any other quarterback, and he's going to give you a pretty good shot to win. Yeah, yeah. I well, I almost put Colin Kaepernick for both answers. Yeah, well, it's in your blood. <laughs> it's in my blood. I'm going to take him for five years because I think if you lay out every quarterback in the league, I think he needs to develop just from a. I'm not saying he's mentally not there yet, because if you look at like his Wonderlick scores, it's right there with like Andrew Luck. And, I mean, he had a great score. He's a smart kid, good grades, everything like that. I'm just saying the mental aspect of the game comes more with experience than just being a smart guy. So I think if you give that three to four years to Kaepernick and then physical tools, there's nobody that can touch him, in my opinion, because Griffin isn't the same build of big, strong athlete. Cam Newton isn't as fast or as accurate. You know, there's just nobody that combines everything that he does and gives you as many dimensions and ways to win. So I'd agree with you. I'd take Kaepernick over the five-year period. What happened to Cam Newton? He's like after kind of a, a quick know. start. He I don't know if he just mentally isn't there or doesn't care or checked out or what, but he's I, not good. I think he has too much of an ego not to care, but I think he has also too much of an ego to know the right way to care. He, so like he to me is if I don't, he's got a little bit of Kobe Bryant in him, but not nearly the success. But maybe he will down the road if he gets the right fit. But the way I look at him is, like, he thinks if I don't throw for 350 yards and run for 80 and, you know, four total touchdowns, the game's a failure. Kind of even if we win, I have to look good. Yeah. And i got to do my little 
He's not Superman he's, thing. He's not a selfless team player. It's not as no. much about the team. He wants to win, but he wants to be the one that is responsible solely for the win. Yeah, and he's had some weird, like, uh, like scary Terrell Owens-esque press conference moments where he's, like, calling women reporters, like, sweetheart and asking for a suggestion box about how to make the team better. And, like, you're not getting that from Kaepernick or Wilson or RG3. Well, RG3 has his moments with the media, but he's not that immature. You know, you're getting mostly team-centric Answers. Yeah, you want. I mean, there there are a, a billion cliches that they could use. Uh, what what team is it? Um, is it like Baltimore or somebody that literally they had like a, a memo that went out to the entire organization that was like, "This is how you should answer questions." When someone asks you this, I mean, you can literally give the same answer for a hundred different questions, and it's yeah. still relevant. Yeah, yeah, and then guys like us will complain that they're not giving us answers, yeah. but then we will stop talking about yeah. you, which is kind of the whole point. Leave them alone, but there'll always be somebody yeah. to talk about. Some idiot's going to take a bait. Yeah. Yeah, always. I mean, that's kind of the tug and pull of the media-athlete relationship. Um, and I wanted to touch, it's not a real big headline, I guess, because he's not uh, Mark Sanchez. I'll just say it like yeah. that. Everyone has a different emotional reaction when you say Mark Sanchez. But it looks like he's going to have shoulder surgery, sounds like it, and it's going to be out for the year. To me, that ends his Jets career. Um, and I wanted to do like a little career retrospective on, uh, on Sanchez. It just kind of asks some questions. Um, first, is his career with? I think his career with the Jets is over. Do you agree? Yes, I don't. Geno think Smith he, is there. I don't think he's. I mean, the the chances of him seeing another snap as a, in a starting quarterback in a game for the Jets is like zero. Is his career as a starting quarterback anywhere over? No, I don't think so. I think there are enough teams with really bad quarterbacks, um, and he's shown in the past enough potential, or at least the ability to be a, an efficient game manager in in situations you know if he if he's on a team that has a good defense and you know some tools on offense he can uh, he can definitely manage the game for you i think that he'll probably land somewhere like cleveland or some dumpy place like that yeah that's i was writing down and kind of looking at it and i thought okay what are the reasons that he failed a lot of it's on sanchez and his his limitations but i thought he got drafted to the wrong team that didn't have a lot of weapons. Right away they had a good defense, but then it just kind of aged and fell apart, and I, I don't think management ran it very well. Um, the wrong stadium. That's a windy stadium. It's cold. you got to have a gun to play in that stadium. And Sanchez belongs in San Diego uh, or, like, Denver, cutting through, like, the al- you know high altitude. Temperature-controlled environment. Yeah, yeah, he needs more of that. I think he had the wrong coach because he had a defensive coach mm-hmm. in, a, in the wrong system. I mean, his highest quarterback rating ever was a 78.7 for the year, and his career average is a 71.7. He's, and, you know, it, it, they they kind of threw him into the fire immediately, too. He didn't really get yeah. a chance to, like, acclimate. It was like... He was he, the guy. He's like, you know, he's like the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the Partridge family little kid. Uh, Danny bon- He's the Danny Bonaducci of NFL football. <laughs> he never had a chance. No, he's a child star. They ruined him too, um, too early. So, uh, which leads me to my next question. Uh... Thoughts on Bonaducci's career catalog? No. Um, <laughs> Let's go there. So we went to the two AFC title games. Is he capable, is Mark Sanchez capable of an Alex Smith type of re- revival where he gets some of those things I pointed out that were wrong right? He goes to a dome or a nicer stadium, gets an offensive coach like a North Turner in Cleveland who's been known. He's trying to reclamate Brandon Whedon right now. So I wrote down some destinations. Arizona, you know, Carson Palmer, who knows what we'll get from him this year. He's older, maybe... Sanchez goes there in a dome, nice weather, tough division. But uh, the Vikings, never. I, I hope not. I, really, I know you hope not. 
I mean, I feel like if you make that decision, you're just giving up. I mean, yeah, it's not there. The team at full health with full support. I think he's better than Ponder or Castle. What playoff team? Okay. Be, what playoff team is going to look at Mark Sanchez and be like, "Yep, that's our guy." The Vikings. See ya. I, if they do, I, I'm going to go buy a Bears jersey or something. Okay. Tampa Bay. I thought Josh Freeman contract year, but they're always into like making the splashy move. Mm-hmm. They drafted Mike Glennon, so and he doesn't really fit in that offense. I don't think like of going down the field. Yeah, and he he like Josh Freeman's a big bodied guy with a yeah. pretty good arm, and they're you know. They do. They like to stretch a field out a lot. I don't think Sanchez can really do that. Here's a sneaky one um, that I thought of: uh, the Tennessee Titans. If Jake Locker doesn't pan out this year, it's his third year. He's never given you that game where you're like, "There it is," you know. But people aren't ready to cut the cord yet. But if he doesn't do it this year, I think he's gone. So, what if you put Sanchez on the Titans? I know it's not a great roster, but they invested a first round pick and about forty million dollars on their offensive line this year. Chris Johnson's got a few uh, miles Johnson, left in the tank. Yeah, Kenny Britt outside. So, and, and if Kenny Britt can stay can stay out of field. jail and on yeah. the field. Um, and the and, and the head coach is an offensive line coach. I'm not saying you put Sanchez there and you're talking Super Bowl. I no. think you're probably talking seven and nine or six and ten. But I think he fits well in that system though, because I mean, if Chris Johnson can get his stuff together and and you know carry the ball 25, 30 times for 120 yards a game. He doesn't really have to do all that much. And yeah. he's got some talented guys around him if he gets in the ball, you know. Um, and then what do you think? This is... I've been thinking about the quarterbacks, and I've been thinking about... We've got so many guys at the top. Brady, Manning, Breeze. Uh, the young guns, as I call them. You know, kind of elite guys. Cap, Stafford, Flacco, Eli, Wilson, Brady, Peyton, RG3, Romo, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Rogers, Breeze, Luck. All arguably franchise guys. That's almost half the league. Yeah. Um, so we're in a really good era for quarterbacks. But then I kind of looked at the middle, you know, yeah. not the worst guys. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, who would you take out of this group? Okay. okay? Um, I'm going to take Jake Locker off because I think he's just not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Dalton, Sam Bradford, Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Whedon, Ben Roethlisberger, Alex Smith, Phil Rivers, Matt Schaub, Matt Schub. Matt Schub. Schub. Who said that? Brennan? Was it Brennan? Tom Hammond. Tom Hammond. Matt Schub. He said that in a, in a playoff game. Perfect. Um, or Jay Cutler. Oof. That is a real who's who of... Uh... So first of all, would you move any... Like, I thought Roethlisberger, and I was like, is he elite? But I don't think so anymore. You know, they all bring... So is this? Would this be like something like this is something you want to build a franchise? Let's around do now? both. Who, who are you taking right now? Okay, Dalton, Bradford, Tannehill, Whedon, Big Ben, Alex Smith, Rivers, Matt Schaubschub, or Jay Cutler, <laughs> and they're all healthy. They're all healthy. Okay, neutral roster. Neutral roster. I, you know, out of that group, it's a tough call. I would take Big Ben right now. Right now. Yeah, I agree with you. He, you know, he's like. It's he's one of those guys. He's not like it's never really all that pretty, but he like he has great escapability for yeah. a guy that size, um, and he is fairly accurate. Like he throws the ball pretty well, I think. Good arm, and he and he knows how to win for the most part. Yeah, he's been to what three Super Bowls? One, two of them. Mm-hmm. He's not that old yet. He's still got the arm. He's got the size. He's had a lot of injuries, but he's huge. And guys, guys tend to rally around him. Guys like yeah. Him. Yeah, so I would take him for right now, mm-hmm. and then if you're looking five to seven years down the road, um, you probably eliminate Big Ben. Mm-hmm. You probably eliminate Whedon. 
even though yeah. he's a second year I player. Think he's going to go straight to the trash can. Um, Rivers, I would take off. Cutler will still be there. Probably. Cutler, Smith, I would take Shaw off. Mm-hmm. Cutler, Alex Smith, Ryan Tannehill, Sam Bradford, or Andy Dalton. I'm going with the Red Rifle. Yeah. Okay. He, I think he's got the most potential. Jay Cutler, he, I don't know what it is about him, but I just hate his attitude. Even when he's yeah. being positive, I feel like he's it's being negative. Face. Yeah, it's just like he's always like, oh, my blood sugar's low, or something like that. Uh, no, Andy Dalton's got a lot of potential. He's got a good good arm. I think, I mean, as a rookie, or at least in his first uh, years as a starting quarterback, you know, playoff appearance, that's something to be said. So mm-hmm. uh, he's developed a great relationship with A.J. Green, so clearly he can work with uh, talented guys, get the ball down the field. I think he's he he could be like a fair argument for who do you want right now too, and mm-hmm. I don't think the reason I won't pick him is because I don't think he's going to get any better, which is not a bad thing. He's a fine quarterback, but I would take Tannehill. Really, um, I know a lot of people are kind of, and and I'm a little up and down on him, but I think the the boom bust potential. I like his arm. I like his mobility. He he makes some good down the field throws, which Dalton doesn't necessarily always give you. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of feel bad for Sam Bradford because he had that awesome rookie year where he had like an 86 rating, and they almost made the playoffs. They looked like they were up and coming, and then it was like, wait a minute, our roster's terrible. This isn't going to work for Sam Bradford. Doesn't Sam Bradford kind of look like some random kid that you went to like middle school with? He, yeah, he like he looks, might still have braces. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks. He's got a very young face. Anyways. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't take Alex Smith. I don't know how much you love Alex Smith. I'm not a believer, man. <laughs> I've seen too many games managed from that perspective. Mischief um, managed. So that's our QB discussion. We got a little QB heavy. We'll come back. We'll talk about the NFL games this week. Thanks for being with us. TDIS Podcast. Where can you find us on Twitter? TDIS underscore humblebrag. That was like a pop quiz. Pop quiz. I try to be carefree, don't say it lightly, sometimes words come cheaply. If you want me to bathe you, and I'd love to save you, then say, babe, I'll never betray you. We're going to talk NFL picks for this week. Uh, I totally beat Ben last week. He was awful. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> he was 12-4. and four, I was 9-7. and seven. Eric, you were 10-6. and six. Um, So I've got some wiggle room. I, I, can, I, I can, like that you think that. I can, play loose and, I can play loose and fast with some of my picks this week. There's, it's there's, it's all there's gambling. 15, there's 16 weeks of picks left. There's 15 game slates left. Jeez, at that rate, I'll be up by like 50 games by the end of the season. Yeah, until I make a playoff game worth like 18. Until you burn my house down to, while I'm sleeping. To 30 points. <laughs> all right. Stop it. <laughs> Tonight, Jets, Pats, Geno, Foxborough, Smith. Boom. Fox Rose is middle name. That he just was born. Okay, here's what I think. Gino and the Jets are favored, or, or are favored, are favored to lose by 12 points in this game. I think that line is way too big. I'll still take New England because mm-hmm. they've got a quarterback under center that I feel like can get it to whatever targets are out there. And none of the targets on the field in this game, whether it be Jets or Patriots, are very good. Um, 
neither defenses. I think the Jets maybe have some good young personnel on defense, but I think they're susceptible. And Patriots defense. I just think it's going to be an ugly game between two teams I'm not real sold on. But if I were to give you a score, I'd give you like New England 23, Jets 14. Uh, that's, that's about on par with I, I, I think uh, Rex Ryan is far too concerned with his physique at this point. He uh, looks better. He looks good, but his team sucks. Did he lap band it twice? I now? don't know what his deal is. He's probably just looking at pictures of his wife's feet or something. <laughs> uh, no, I think... I would I would say I I'm, I took New England. I think that line's way too big, too. Twelve points, but I think uh, I would take the Patriots like basically what maybe twenty four seventeen somewhere in that yeah. in that range. Division game, yeah, still early, so you might see some ugly things. I think the Jets are still going to ride a little bit of the Geno's one and zero, and we thought he's, we were going to go zero and sixteen emotion. He's, he's got some fight in him though that Geno does. Yeah, he, you know he, he did wants like a strange like Jesus pose on the sideline. Yes. I thought you know I I beat Mark Sanchez. You were like twenty four for thirty eight. Yeah, man, I wasn't. Perfect. No. Um, okay, Rams at Falcons. I thought um, I almost went sneaky with the Rams here because I like, I really like their defense. Like, if you're not, if you don't know about their front four, you better ask somebody or you could just ask me. Um, Robert Quinn, Chris Long, Michael Brockers, all recent draft picks, young, talented. James Laurinaitis is an excellent player. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, Cortland Finnegan. They've got really a pretty stacked defense. And then Bradford gets Jared Cook. Um, who was really good last week as sort of a vertical tight end threat, and Tavon Austin, um, who was quiet as sin, I know, because he's on my fantasy team, but I hope he does. Everyone kind of wanted to pick him. Um, he's got he's got the potential, the big play potential. Yeah, he's a rookie wide receiver, but I, I don't know. I like the Rams a lot in terms of, of their improvement, but Falcons, I don't think they're going to go 0-2, especially at home. Too many weapons. I think they win something like 27-20. to I picked the Falcons, too, simply for the fact that this game is in Atlanta. They really don't seem to lose in Atlanta. And if it had been reversed and, you know, they were playing in St. Louis, St. Louis is good at home, good enough at home, uh, I think, to possibly pull off the upset or warrant an upset pick at the very least. But playing in Atlanta, Falcons are going to win. I think coming off a loss especially, they've got something to prove, and they're going to... They're going to do a little damage to that Rams defense. Eric, would you be able to look up Matt Ryan's record at the Georgia Dome? I know it's something preposterous, but we'll give you that in a second. But that's a big part of the reason that all three of us are on the Falcons. All three of us are on the Patriots. Uh, the dichotomy comes a little bit. Uh, Panthers at Bills. I, I thought about the Bills, too, because I like what E.J. Manuel does. I think he's a physical presence that doesn't screw up that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at the very least he gives them some stability and playmaking ability at quarterback. They're at home. But I like Carolina's roster better. I think Cam Newton's better and more prepared than E.J., so I'll take Carolina slightly on the road. Matt Ryan at home is 33-5. and five. So 33-5. and five. Yeah. That's, kick, a, that's pretty good. Kicking some knowledge. Kick it, kick it. Kick the uh, truth. I think, I don't think, I just, I'm not sold on Cam Newton still. Every once in a while he shows up and like has a monster game and they win. Yeah. But I think there is enough, uh, talent on the Bills' defensive side of the ball. And I like EJ Manuel. They're playing in Buffalo. You know, that's, that's a loud place to play. Ralph a, Wilson. You know, I, I think that's a, I think that's just gives a slight edge to Buffalo. And if I pick the Bills and they win, I, I get an extra game on you guys. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so me and Eric are on the Panthers. Ben is on the Bills. Vikings at Bears. Um, I like the way the Bears looked uh, in Week One. I thought the they didn't Cutler didn't get sacked. Uh, uh, Long, the guard, uh, I'm blanking on his first name. Um, 
Howie Long's son from Oregon. Chris? No. Nope. Um, Bill. Fred. It's not Bill. Long. Ron Weasley. From, yeah. No. It's not Ron Weasley. Okay, sorry. Um, Kyle. 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 It's uh, Kyle Long. He looked really good. Everyone thought he was a reach at pick 20. Um, so I think with him and Bushrod up front, and then Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall on the outside, they're coming along. Um, you know, we're going to put them in a box like my cat has just jumped into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I Logically, if I was just going based on logic, I would pick the Bears, but... You know what the homer pick feels like. Yeah. You feel like you're betraying your team if you pick against them. Yeah, and well, I could easily see the argument that Adrian Peterson runs for 150 yards, Ponder doesn't turn it over, and Cordero Patterson takes a kickback. I, you know, I think I think the Vikings' defense is going to look better this week than they did last week. They were so concerned with Meg, stopping Megatron last week that they like forgot Reggie Bush was apparently even on yeah. the field. I don't yeah. know. They had like four. There, there was like you have to commit had, a like, lot to stop Calvin, though. I, they they were. I, they did a good job to that end, but I think they overcommitted. They had like at times three or four guys, you know, making sure that Calvin didn't get loose or whatever. Um, but I think that they're going to come around a little bit this week. I like Xavier Rhodes as a matchup with um, Brandon Marshall. He's a big corner. He's physical at the line of scrimmage, and you know he's good at chucking guys off their route. So I think that'll work out well. And hopefully Adrian gets rolling and you know has a hundred hundred twenty yard game. I think he will. I think you saw him explode like that for 78 yards, and then to get uh, sort of reined in for the rest of the game. That's... He's got to be like, you know, like blue balls yeah. that from yeah. regular men? Yes. Like uh, a bad quarter or two quarters, that's like blue balls for Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Like He is ready to ex- explode. explode. <laughs> well, and, you know, to be fair, I think we mentioned this uh, in a previous cast also, but that Detroit Lions defensive line is just... I think they're going to be something to be really reckoned with. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of weight and a lot of size on that defensive line. A lot line. of athleticism, a lot of talent. Hard to move those guys. Yeah. Um, okay, Browns at Ravens. We all picked the Ravens to bounce back. I think all of us kind of have a sentiment that they're not quite as bad as the 49-27 to drubbing they got from the Broncos, and maybe the Broncos are just that good. So my opinion is the Ravens' defense settles in a little bit more. They get their true home opener, which they should have had as a Super Bowl winner. Uh, in week one, but they get it now. Uh, I think Flacco, uh, Torrey Smith, Jacoby Jones actually has impressed me as a receiver. Uh, he used to just be a speed guy, so I think the Ravens rebound. I don't think they're that good of a team, but I think they beat the Browns at home. Hey, diddle diddle, Ray Rice up the middle. Oh, I went there. I was dreaming about yeah. using that in the podcast, and I forgot. I, I, I think, you know, the Ravens are just too good of a team not to bounce back, and the Browns are too bad. Not to let them bounce back. <laughs> not not to allow that to happen. So I, I think Brandon Whedon's going to have like a real, a real rough outing again. I really don't see him starting there for much more than you know six games if it continues to go this way. He had like that good preseason, and people, including me, were like, "Hey, wait a minute!" Hey, wait a he second. completed some passes, and now I feel bad. Yeah. But I'm going to let him play it out just a little bit longer. Um, Cowboys at Chiefs. This is an interesting one. I see. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm shocked at, the, at your pick. Just slightly, a little surprised. At Arrowhead, really? Yeah. I mean, what have the Cowboys done? See, how many points did they score? Thirty-four. Thirty-six. 36? I think it was thirty-six. Yeah, that's Thirty-one a lot of points. And the Giants' defense isn't. You know. I think the Chiefs' defense is better than the Giants' personnel-wise. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the Chiefs' offense is good enough to put up, you know, twenty-eight, thirty points against the Cowboys' defense, which has kind of come around. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Chiefs maybe put up 24 points to win the game. Like, I think Alex Smith, you're always going to have ball control because he's going to go, like, 
He's good at fondling balls. He's going to go like 21 for 28 for like 198 yards and two, it's two touchdowns. It's going to be kind of boring, but you'll get Dwayne Bow, who's a physical receiver. He's a lot to handle. Jamal Charles yeah. is usually good for one 50-yard scamper into the end zone per game. And then uh, defensively, I just like him. Justin Houston, Tom Holly, uh, Derek Johnson, Brandon uh, Flowers, Eric Berry. I like Eric Berry. A lot of talent. Yeah. I, you know, and, and you're right, that is a tough place to play. Yeah. Um, I just, I still, it's going to take, like, three or four, like, decent wins for me to, for me to roll over on the Chiefs, I think. I, just, I feel the same way about the Cowboys. I feel, I feel the same way kind of about both teams. Toss up. Yeah. Toss okay. up. Well, we're, we're just in week two. Um, and then we've got Redskins at Packers, kind of a, it's way too early to say do or die, uh, but that's how it'll be interpreted, and it is an important game. You really don't want to start 0-2. I think the Packers take this by 10 points. I, I don't think Griffin's ready. I don't think that Alfred Morris is nearly as effective without the read option. And I don't see if Green Bay... Green Bay almost beat San Francisco at San Francisco. That's a loss, but it's not a bad loss. So I see Aaron Rodgers coming back, throwing for 400-some yards, three touchdowns, and, and uh, Packers win, say, 34-24. to 24. I think... Um, I agree with you. I, I think they may even win by more than 10. It could get out of hand for Washington if RG3 doesn't come around a little bit this week. Like, I think we both agreed he came back too early. He wasn't really ready. I don't know how he's going to come back in a week, though. Like, if his knee's not ready, I don't get, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, like, is six days going to help? Or do you think it's more of like a, he's physically ready and he needs to mentally get there? I think it's, I think it's a mental thing, probably, because okay. physically I'm sure they wouldn't let him on the field if he wasn't ready for the kind of money that they're paying him yeah, right now. That's my problem, though, is like mentally, hey, I'm cleared. Operation Patience is successful. Like, he's given you all these. I'm, I was ready four months ago. Uh, I could have gone out there right after I tore it. Yeah. Seven, you know, yeah. Than, but I, I think the Packers' defense is not their strong suit, but they're going to get like a very watered down version of RG3. Okay. And I think, uh, I think they win by 14. Okay. Okay. So we agree there. Titans at Texans. Let's just skip it. No, yep. just kidding. Um, Titans are not a very good team. Texans, I think, are. A lot better than they showed at San Diego. There may be more of the team they showed in the fourth quarter coming back. That defense should come back around this week, too, hopefully. Yeah, they've got a lot of playmakers on that on that side of the ball. So I like the Texans that one. I'll make it close because it's divisional, maybe 23-16. to 16. You know, I think I, I think that's going to be another. That's going to be a 10-point win probably for Houston, even though the Titans are coming off that win over a... Did they trot out like Charlie Batch when they played the Steelers or something? I don't know what happened yeah. there. Jeez. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, so I think uh, the Texans are gonna, they're playing in Houston, so they're going to take that by double digits, I think. Um, then Dolphins and Colts, all three of us are on the Colts. Chargers at Eagles. This is kind of an interesting one because we get to see Chip Kelly again. Uh, the Chargers get a week worth of film. Did you hear what he said? Who? Chip Kelly. No. He, so what did they, they ran 53 offensive plays in the first half mm-hmm. against Washington. He said he would have liked to see it faster. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, there's improvement. And people laughed at him like he was joking. He's like, I'm not joking. Yeah. He's a very serious guy, that Chip Kelly. Well, I think um, I think Chip Kelly might be the type of guy where it works one time for him and he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Maybe he is the smartest guy in the room. But I think he'll have some surprises waiting for him. I don't think it's this week because I don't like San Diego, especially traveling cross-country. So, I don't know how many points the Eagles are going to score. I don't understand their offense quite yet, but I'll take the Eagles, and I think all three of us did. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, one, one last thing, just to that end, I think that um, 
he's he's going to play the Chip's going to play the withholding father role, <laughs> uh, and no matter how many plays that you know it'll be like seventy plays in the first half, and like oh, it could have been faster. I don't yeah, know what to tell it you. It just isn't good enough. You guys yet. suck. You're not getting dinner tonight. Why wasn't it an A plus? Yeah. Um, okay, Lions at Cardinals. Uh, I think I'm the only one on the Lions. You yeah. are. Uh, I liked what they did last week. I was impressed. I think Megatron comes back. I just don't. I know Carson Palmer's an improvement, and the offense is slightly better, but I think he's going to get hit and knocked around a lot this week. And I just like the talent better on Detroit. I think I, I picked the Cardinals kind of as an upset over the Lions because I figured the Lions are the favorite, or the, at least they should be at this point. But I think the Cardinals' defense is going to show... Detroit some stuff they didn't see against Minnesota and there's some there's some guys that fly around out there yeah um no pun intended on the <laughs> Cardinals defense so you know and who knows maybe maybe the the honey badger makes an appearance and yeah, I uh, think he will and does he, something big he just makes plays it sounds cliche but he does um then we've got we've all got Saints over the Buccaneers Buccaneers look rusty uh we've all got Bengals beating the Steelers at home um it looks like the Bengals maybe even though they lost week one, are, are kind of separating from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, I don't want to waste time on Raiders, Jaguars. We've all got the Raiders, I think simply because it's two crap teams, but one of them's home, so yep. we'll take the home team. Yeah. Uh, two games I really do want to talk about. The Manning Bowl. Mm. We've all got the Broncos over the Giants. Yeah. I think Peyton, I don't care how many Super Bowls Eli has, Peyton is... Or how many Echo Time pieces he wears. Well, when he wears his Echo Time piece, he's actually unstoppable. <laughs> um, so that's different. We'll yeah. talk about that later. Uh-huh. We'll break down, uh, you know, Watches. accoutrement and yeah. other things that you might wear later. The Giants um, just look terrible. The, their defense didn't look very good. And I just have never been sold on them. They make a run every few years, but they're never that good in the regular season. The best regular season they ever had, they were, uh, or at least over the last few years, they were 12-4, and four, got a first-round bye, and then lost mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So they've never been that strong in the regular season. I know... Uh, it's going to be at New York. I think of it, I think it's a primetime game, um, but the weather's still going to be fine, and as long as the weather's decent, I'll take the Broncos to light up what is not a very good defense. I think in general, yeah, I, I, that's the biggest thing that I saw, The kind of the determining factor was... Who's going to cover Julius Thomas? Yeah. Or, or linebacker or safety can cover Wes Welker. A, they don't have enough. A Giants defense that gave up... 36 points to a Dallas offense. You if know. they ramp their pass rush up, that can keep the game close because Peyton gets bothered by that type of thing. Um, right. I, I just don't see it. I think, um, for the most part, Tony Romo threw for 263 yards last week. That's not great. Uh, two touchdowns, one interception. I think that would translate to probably about 370 yards for Peyton with, you know, three touchdowns or more. Off day. Yeah, on an off day. And I think I think Noshan Marino is going to run roughshod over yeah. the defense. Okay, game of the millennium. The millennium. Yeah. Last thousand years. That might be an understatement. No. The game of... There's aliens watching this yes, game. Yes, every alien is yeah. watching this game. This is the game of the galaxy. Mm. Um, that might be too small. Game of the universe. Game of... And including all parallel universes. I took it too far. Um, <laughs> 49ers at Seattle. The Seahawks are attempting to break the Guinness... Book of World Record decibel sound measuring record, and Russell Wilson or Colin Kaepernick have to shave their eyebrows. They've made a bet with each other. Really? Are they friends? Yeah, I think maybe. Whatever. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that commercial with them playing Madden together either. <clears throat> but I'll say they both look good and sleeveless. Yeah, that's true. They've been doing their push-ups. Jeez, I haven't. What are they doing? I don't know. 
in the lab with a pen and a pen. Well, you know, it's that muscle milk or whatever, probably, I'm sure. If I just like started drinking muscle milk, do you think maybe... You gotta do something else along with it. You gotta, you gotta put the milk to work. I don't wanna. Oh well. Okay, so, um, oh, Ben, you took the 49ers. I thought everyone would take Seattle. I like San Francisco because I love them. <laughs> They're my favorite team. But, uh, I think Kaepernick, um, gives a little bit more explosive playability than Seattle. I think San Francisco, uh, they lost on Jim Harbaugh's birthday, 42 to 13 last year, so motivation is ample. They lost the Super Bowl. And still, this is the game that a lot of people will point to from last year. So um, I think the 49ers are going to come in hot. And I think it's Pete Carroll's birthday this weekend. So He's I think, turning 100. I think it would be. He's turning 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, based on the way he acts. But I, I, I think San Francisco's defense can contain Russell Wilson now that they kind of have had multiple exposures to him. And he's not Kaepernick where he's going to run for a 60-yard touchdown. He's just going to roll and move the pocket and be a moving target. But we've got, we have got the linebackers, uh, the mobile front, um, maybe not the secondary, but we've got the front seven to contain Lynch and Wilson. I think San Francisco has a little bit more on offense. Yeah, my biggest reason for choosing, you know, normally, I would, and that's a huge home field advantage for Seattle, but yeah. they don't have Sidney Rice. They don't have Percy Harvin. And limited. They're limited on offense. It's another kind of a watered-down version of their offense. I think I think they're going to put up, you know, I would, if I had to guess, I would I would say 28-21 San Francisco. I think it's going to be a relatively close game, probably a touchdown. Yeah. But I don't think that Seattle's offense is good enough with its current roster, current guys that are going to be out on the field to, you know, put up 30 points against that 49ers defense. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you. So that's that's the wrap up uh, of of looking forward to to this week's games. Again, I'm nine and seven. Ben's twelve and four. Eric is ten and six. I'll be atop the ranking shortly. Um, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you agree? No sarcasm. Lay it on. I'll butter it like bread. You're being facetious. Yeah, I was being super facetious. <laughs> hey, I have feelings, and you hurt just about every one of them. There, Ben. All right. Um, okay, so we're gonna cut. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're going to steal uh, uh, a segment that I heard on SVP and Rosillo on ESPN Radio that I think is really good. Who would you pick as your CEO of all football operations? It could be a coach, general manager, owner. We'll get into that. Um, story that Ben and I, personal story that we don't want on the podcast that we're going to put on the podcast um, for our humiliation and your entertainment. Welcome back in to the podcast. The, I, I was like learning this thing, not to sidetrack us, but like, so. I don't think we were ever on track. In diction, like they, you know how you can say a, uh, the, the, right? Mm-hmm. So like you can use the to point to something that's like the pinnacle or like the best example of. Yeah. So I think we should call this the podcast. Like it's the only one. Okay. Okay. How are people that just reading it going to know? Underline the V or italics? Italics. Okay. All right. We're, we're going to troubleshoot that. We'll run that through the yeah. idea machine. Yeah. We'll get it to the R&D department. If you could go ahead and put that in the suggestion box. Yeah. And... Oh, God. 
We'll just put it through. Okay, Michael Beasley. Hence the music that we came into. The Bees Knees. Be easy. Be easy. Uh, is back in the fold. He's with the Miami Heat, and I think it's going to work. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Okay. As Timberwolves Nation rejoices. Well, okay. It's all not like it's not like I think that they're bringing an All Star into the fold, but they're big, they're bring, Well, he's listed on, on ESPN at six ten. I think he's more like six eight, but he's like a stretch four, so he fits that system, which is like my, Miami Heat. Are, 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 the Miami Heat are like the Chip Kelly offense of the NBA: spread everything out and just be faster. Like LeBron plays power forward mm-hmm. most of the time, which he's so they, rare. They run the floor. I mean, they yeah, really and you've run got the floor. D Wade and Chalmers and Cole and and Battier and and just surrounded by shooters. So you bring in. Beasley, um, he can't defend anybody, but LeBron can handle either of the better forwards they play that night, and most teams aren't going to have two forwards that can really give you fits. So you can kind of hide Beasley defensively. Um, you bring him to a culture that is run by Pat Riley and Spolstra, so no bullshit, all about winning, um, and you've got two Hall of Famers on your team, so you better not screw around. The other thing is, he's 24 still. Doesn't he seem like he should have washed out and been back and been to Europe and he's like 33? He's lived the life of like a 47-year-old. Like, I feel like he was born in the late 70s and kind of has that approach to life. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he's stoned all the time. I don't know. But, uh, like, even if you look at his profile picture on ESPN, he's like, when's lunch? Why did they wake me up from this? (laughs) But, (laughs) (laughs) even despite... His seemingly lackadaisical approach to life and basketball. Let me read you his scoring average uh, over the last five, one, two, three, four, five years. Mm. As a rookie, thirteen point nine, not bad. No, I'll take that as a six, you know, six eight, six man on Miami. Could he do that? Maybe next year, fourteen point eight. Then he has a bit of a breakout. I think it's his last year with the Timberwolves. Um, Nineteen point two points per game. So if he gets more time, he's capable of scoring the ball, and they could use another, and then next two years, not as good, 11 points, 10 points a game. But he can put the ball in the hole, you can hide him defensively, and he gives them someone else to spread the floor, another big body, an athlete to play alongside, and occasionally fill the scoring void if D-Wade is banged up or Bosh. So who do you see him supplanting on that roster? Who do you, whose role do you envision him kind of taking, or at least partial role? Well, he'll, <clears throat> I don't think he'll take... Well, he can take minutes from Bosch because talent-wise, they're probably the same guy. Production-wise, Beasley's probably 50% of Bosch. People give Bosch a lot of trouble, but right now he's like 17-8 and eight and 50% shooting. He's a really good player. Um, so probably Haslam, who's aging. Udonis. Um, yeah, and then maybe a little bit from Battier. Yeah, I think, be my guess. I think Beasley can play either forward spot. Uh, and offensively, they're so fluid, it really doesn't matter what position he's at. Just defensively, they need to match up. So do you think they'll lose something, though? Like, say he takes some minutes away from Battier, do you think that that takes... Because Battier's got a pretty good basketball knowledge. Maybe a little right. bit more heady than Michael Beasley. No, because LeBron James, with any cast, by himself at this point, is going to win 55 to 60 games during the regular season. So I think it provides depth that will help you rest other guys and maintain somewhat your highest level of basketball so you can play Battier 10 minutes a game or Haslam 10 minutes a game and preserve them because they're, what, 35 years old or, or close to it at this point, and then use them more in the playoffs so maybe Beasley's usage in the playoffs goes down. Because but, he gets busted again. Yeah, because he's in, <laughs> he's because he's literally in jail. <laughs> yeah, you know, I he's... 
I really, when you try and like find something bad about it or something wrong with it, thirty-five percent, three point two during. You know, yeah. I think uh, he's good. He's just he's athletic. He's an athlete that goes to a team full of athletes, and I think he fits in there well. I mean, clearly he's not going to be on the starting roster, but he's you know, like you said, I think he's a, a good sixth man. Yeah. And those guys getting older, I mean, he's not going to go out there and make you look bad offensively, defensively. He might get caught with his pants down a few times or with the <laughs> bag. He might literally just have not have his pants on on the court. Yeah. Because he forgot him. Yeah. And his, yeah, who knows? Who knows if that, that stuff happens? But that's all the time we really want to spend on Michael Beasley, um, an intellectual, a renaissance man, and we'll see how he does this year with the Heat. Uh, interesting question that I heard on ESPN Radio that we're going to steal um, from SVP and Rosilla, which is a show I really like, um, and they asked a really good question, and I thought it was a good topic, so I stole it. Um, CEO of football. So who would you want? As the CEO, the head man, if you're drafting the top guy, whether it be like an owner, a general manager, or a coach, uh, out of everybody that's out there right now, with Belichick, with Harbaugh, uh, do you want Jared Jones? Yeah, I mean, you could pick anybody. Trent Baalke, the GM for the 49ers, is something that comes to mind for me. Um, anybody in those three positions to start your franchise. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Well, good, because I feel like my mind is kind of closed right now, and I need it open. I would take Ted Thompson. Really? I would. I like. I just like the the way he. You like to not be flashy. In, I, in I do, but he, and he he knows how to maintain a successful franchise over a, an extended period of time. He, you know, he he's forward thinking. He usually, I mean, they rarely draft guys with poor character. Um, they usually are really good at kind of deciphering where a player is going to fit into their system, and you know that he's going to be relatively successful, or at least not embarrass them. Ted Thompson. That really does surprise me. Yeah, my mind was a little bit blown. Yeah. He was off the board, but look at the track record, and he's always been able to find a quarterback, too. Always. Um, Which is, okay, so I'm going to blow your mind. You're going to be super surprised by my pick, if I can find my notes. Leslie Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, Jim Harbaugh, and let me tell you why. He... uh, he had some other stops in the NFL. He was like an assistant with the Raiders when they went to the Super Bowl and got blown out. I think he was quarterback coach for Rich Gannon when he won the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a sort of an asterisk on his resume at this point, but that's not bad. And then uh, goes to San Diego State in like his first head coaching gig uh, in there in shambles. In his last two years there, uh, he's 22 and 2. Um, you know, I mean, I know it's San Diego State, but they were like, Three and nine before that. Is that the Aztecs? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and then he goes to Stanford and takes that team from one and eleven to four and eight to five and seven to eight and five to twelve and one, number four team in the country, and they beat Virginia Tech forty to twelve in the BCS. Uh, I think it was the Orange Bowl in his final uh, game at Stanford. So one and eleven to twelve and one, and beat. The crap out of Virginia Tech and win, and that was a total rebuild. That's like you know yeah. that, that was a the only reason they were four and eight and five and seven is because they didn't have his guys yet. And then as soon as they did, they were eight and five, twelve and one, and then eventually ranked number four. Um, and it's all then, because of Toby Gerhardt, by the way. Yeah, Toby. Was, yeah. actually, Toby really was a good college football player. Yeah. Um, but then he gets to San Francisco, and I don't know if you guys would agree with this. Over the last ten years. Prior to Harbaugh, San Francisco was a bottom three to five franchise in the NFL. 
Eric, do you think that's fair? Before, what, like value-wise or just... No, like record and performance-wise. So you take like the span, Steve Young gets injured, they're good for like a couple years with Jeff Garcia, and then like 2003 to Harbaugh, 2011, 2012, they don't have a winning season. They have a couple of two-win seasons, a couple of four-win seasons. I just think that they were one of the most directionless bad franchises, bottom, bottom three. Uh, in my opinion, over that time period, and then Harbaugh comes in, and in the first year, they're 13 and three, and they're Kyle Williams' knee away from getting to and maybe winning the Super Bowl. Next year, they get to the Super Bowl, and are one potential pass interference call, but really they lost the game. But anyway, away from winning the Super Bowl in just his second year, he's 25 seven and one, two NFC title game appearances, one Super Bowl appearance. That's it's, the guy's incredible. It's good, it's, he's got a good resume. Good. It's good. Uh, Who Stanford, else could do that? Starting in Stanford, I mean, I don't know. I, I really Stanford don't. was nothing. Well, One in eleven. They were like Duke of college football. I want, now. I want a championship. Probably, you know. I, well, yeah, but the guy's guy. He's been in the NFC. He's got an NFC championship. He's three points from a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got the acumen to get there and takes. An absolutely rudderless ship three different times to the top of that respective conference. I'm going to throw you a Billy Bean reference here. If you lose the last game of the year, nobody gives a shit. Well, you know, I, but I, only team, only one team wins the last right. game of the year. I just I'm want not going one. to take. I think. I think. But I'm I, not going to take Ozzy Newsom because he won last year. But you are know? are you comfortable choosing someone to run your franchise that has never won? One? Yes, because arguably at Stanford they were twelve and one. I think whoever won it that year, Alabama had a loss, and they beat Virginia Tech. They killed them, so they were. They have an argument that they were the champion that year. It's just the BCS doesn't allow them to play for it. Um, and then I think in the NFC title game, you don't blame Jim Harbaugh for somebody's knee getting hit. No, and I don't blame uh, Jim Harbaugh for Kaepernick not making a, a very good throw on fourth down or Greg Roman not making the right play call. But I think the way that he has turned around everywhere that he's been, and the people that are there love it. They say it's different. He gets the right people, and it's instant. The turnaround, especially coming to the NFL, no college coach really had done it, uh, or very few, and now he sets the standard for it. I, I, I just think he, he just breathes success. That's what he is. I like I like him a lot. He's a Michigan he's man. very good at what he does, but I want... I want if I'm choosing someone to... You, you might get it. What if he wins two in the next year? Because they could, and then you're going to be sitting there saying... Then I would choose. Hey, oh, whoops, I should have taken Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Because yeah. somebody's going to win it this year, yeah. and it might be them. It might be. I just... I just. I mean, if the Bengals won the Super Bowl this year, are you going to take Marvin Lewis? No. I think the year to do it would have been last year. I think that was their year. And I think the it's kind of like a... Like a parabola, you know, that's the top of the roller coaster, and they're just going to... That was Kaepernick's 10th start, though. How can you say that's the top of the... But that's also only the 10th game that teams were really getting to see tape on Kaepernick. Yeah, and then now they had a whole offseason he threw for 400 yards. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, it's he also took a different approach. And, you know, they were... He said, I'm going to throw for 400 yards instead of running for 200. That was a home game. You know, I I just... I want to see him win a championship before I decide to, like, entrust him with an entire franchise. That'd just be me, though. I totally disagree. just me. I know. I'm so mad at you right now. I know you are. Um, Okay, give me yours. I like it, though. I'm going to get... Well, if yours... Mine is Ted Thompson. Oh, Ted Thompson. Give me a different one, because I don't like Ted Thompson that much. Okay, well... Then... Who else? Who else is in your... Who else is in your... uh, On my radar here? Yeah. I mean, 
Give me an honorable mention. I guess I, I would put Ozzie Newsom in honorable mention. That guy is a wizard with the draft. I think Robert Kraft knows a lot about football and how to build a franchise. Uh, that Russian guy stole the Super Bowl ring. Did he really? Was the Russian president? Hear about some that. story about that. Robert Kraft's ring? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry to Kraft. No, I, I think uh, he he's another guy that just top to bottom. He he obviously knows how to run a franchise. He knows how to pick a, a probably what is actively the best coach in football. Um, and they usually, you know, are financially successful, and they, they draft good guys. They draft, for the most part, other than the Aaron Hernandez's of the world. Who was a good pick. He just yeah. turned out to be a sociopath. Great football player. <laughs> I mean, those guys hide it well, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're sociopaths. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing. Uh but yeah, I think he just he is knows how to create a model franchise. I mean, how many how many championships? How many AFC championships? You know, there are a couple thwartings from the Giants away from being probably the best football team ever. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of makes me mad because I feel like the Giants are so average. Yeah. I always have felt that way. I felt like I maybe I'm just bitter. I feel like the Ravens are kind of average last year. Yeah, and. Just makes me mad when those teams win the Super Bowl. But anyway, I would look at Belichick. For some reason, I wrote down Jeff Fisher. I think it's his mustache. <laughs> yes, that would have been. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's his haircut and his mustache. That if I got, it's pretty hot under these lights. Uh, so I, you know, if he was yeah. interrogating me, I would have to hire him. Oh yeah, because I'd just be staring at that mustache and be like, he's probably right. He, I mean, the guy's been in football forever. I, I completely overlooked Jeff Fisher. I think. Well, I mean, it's not probably the right answer. I want a T-shirt. With his face on. Belichick, Trent Baalke, I'm trying to think of other... You could look to Dallas, I mean, but there's no. nothing really there. I don't think Jerry Jones really... He's let it become a circus. Tom Coughlin, what do you think of entrusting a franchise? He's got two Super Bowl rings, and like you said last time, he looks like your grandma. He does. And then, I think that'd be a really And then I was talking to Amanda, and she was like, who is Tom Coughlin? Amanda's your wife. Yeah, my wife, Amanda. And so I brought up a picture of Tom Coughlin that would bring out his most grandma-esque features, yeah. which he does have. He has. It was like the rosy cheek yeah. hat, Mary? hat picture, where he's on this. I think it was in Green Bay, and he looks like he's might be dead. Yeah. Um, he looks like you know that second Silence of the Lambs movie. <laughs> like his face is all destroyed. It was terrible movie, Hannibal. What was that like? Oh, that was Hannibal. Yeah, yeah it was terrible. But yeah. he kind of looks like that. So I showed it to Amanda, and she's like, "That does look like a grandma." Oh man. Well, I. I like Tom Coughlin, but again, like you make an excellent point about the Giants. They don't breathe excellence or anything. They're kind of like the mediocre team that'll get hot. They're very yeah. streaky, and but they get hot at the right time. I mean, they win. I just I wouldn't want to like be putting my franchise in the hands of a guy who's like, well, we had a terrible regular season, but let's see what we do with this wild card berth. Yeah, I agree with you. And okay. that's not what he sounds like at all. But um, I don't know why I gave him a. a Cowboy accent. It just felt right to do an arm swing. Yeah, it did. Um, let me try to reconvince you about Jim Harbaugh because I can't get over it. Okay. Just by giving you some sayings that he uses traditionally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he likes to tell his team, everyone knows that who's got it better than us, nobody. That's what that's how they break it down. Everyone knows that one. Right. But he tells his team each morning that they're going to attack the day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, which, how are you not on board with that? Uh, he calls every game a football fight, which I enjoy. Um, 
he says that his heroes are his players, which you got to enjoy if you're a player. How do you not like playing for that guy? I still, like... He's out of his mind. He's out of his mind. I just venture back to, like, when he was an actual, like, NFL player. Yeah. And he just, like... I, I like him now more than I did then, but then it was like he just exuded asshole. For the Colts. Forgive the term. Scrappy. He just exudes like thrown for the hail mary. Angry. I mean, he's got. He's really. He focused. was angry. He, he's really focused now, and I really think that he's very good at what he does, and he's very good at inspiring people. Yeah. But I, I just he's a little bit of a loose cannon. That's I, right. I think, and I just I want that championship. For three points away from a championship, and all the stuff it takes to get well, there. Well, but that... I mean, okay, so look at the, the people that I chose just have had decades of, yeah, that's of true. success. Decades. I'm looking at extended success. Like, Well, he's I, had extended success yes. just at different venues. Yeah. But the NFL places. is is renowned for, yeah. for you know, streets. Being hard to people. sustain. Yeah. Really, if you look at like a ten-year period, you had the Colts, you had the Patriots. Look where the Jets were five years ago. Maybe the Eagles top of the AFC, and now they're just everybody's back alley lady. (laughs) Okay, Um, I think we've exhausted. We probably exhausted like twenty minutes ago our football knowledge and really knowledge. I don't have any. I was exhausted in the first fifteen seconds. (laughs) We tried. We brought our C plus game. Thoughtful. Yeah, we tr- yeah we tried to think. Um, the only thing we have left, Ben, you told me you thought of something. Oh yeah, I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, go. my story isn't that good. Um, even though I thought of the idea, my story kind of sucks. But I'll take credit for a good idea and a bad story. Um, story, you so, go okay. ahead. No no, 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 go ahead. So this is the the thing that you wouldn't want people to know, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I live an embarrassing enough life that I do plenty of things throughout 24 hours that I wouldn't want. To advertise. Okay. I think that's the case for most people. Oh, yeah. You're doing weird stuff. I'd say most of the things I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, story that you wouldn't want on the podcast, on the podcast, from the last 24 hours. We have this device uh, for Silas, my boy, um, where he gets real congested. He's got little nasal passages, he's tiny. And you suck his boogers out with, like... It's like a tube, and you attach it to his nostril. There's a barrier so you don't get boogers in your mouth. Um, <laughs> but you suck on it's it. It's got interesting very quickly. And he hates it. It's like it's like you dumped cayenne pepper in his mouth. It's just like screaming uh, as soon as this begins. And Have you just, tried it on an adult yet? Myself, you, yes. You did? And it wasn't uncomfortable. It was, okay. kind of, it was actually kind of pleasant. I, got a lot, I, I admire you a lot for not, you know... Not foregoing the experience. If he's got to do it, I got to do it. Yeah, we're in this together. Love you, silence. Um, But it's a process, and you've got to, you know, you've got to, and then you see the booger like creeping through the alleyway, and then eventually it comes out far enough. But it's hard to get, so you got to use your hand, or at least you do if you're me, and you only have two minutes of attention to give to this thing. Not my son, the booger. Um, <laughs> it's just like as, the, as the baby is screaming. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of you know you want him, you want to, you know, you want to quell him, you want to calm him down. Yes. So I grab the booger once it's on the precipice and pull it out manually with my fingers. It was a long one, and then dumped it in a beer bottle because I was like, I'm holding the baby. I'm not going all the way to the kitchen to the trash can. I'm just putting it in this beer bottle. 
and I'm just going to leave it at that, and then we're all good. I'm going to relax with the baby. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really do a cleanup afterwards. I just kind of hung out watching TV. So that's my story that I know it's not a great story, but I didn't want it on the podcast. Were there repercussions for you? Like, did Amanda come home and... She was home. She was asleep. Oh, she was... So did she see it before it was disposed of? I think I showed it to her. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure that someone else saw this science experiment that you put together. Well, I mean, it didn't look like much. I buried it pretty deep in that bottle. <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> this is kind of... This isn't exactly 24 hours, but it's in the very recent past here. Um, we just moved into a new place. We didn't have the internet for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, like, a long time, I mean, like, probably 10 days or so, no internet. So I've been going up to, like, you know your generic chain coffee stand, whichever one's closest, and using the internet there for free, and usually not buying anything because I don't want to buy anything at those places, so all these people are already kind of like... Six bucks for a tuna sandwich. Yeah, irked that I'm sitting in Caribou Coffee and just asking them for water for two hours using <laughs> the internet. So one of the ventures I took up there, I'm, I'm there not buying anything again like usual and, and stealing their internet greedily. And uh, we had, you know, we just... Having living... Lived in St. Paul, or West St. Paul at least. There's lots of Mexican restaurants. Yeah. We had Mexican food for dinner the night before. That was lovely. Yeah. And uh, hadn't had my morning constitutional before I had to rush up to use the internet quick. And so I get there and I'm using the internet and they're like, all right, it's this guy again. <laughs> and uh, I get this shocked look on my face and sprint for the bathroom, which is only, it's not like a, it's a one person, like you lock it when you go in. Did you bathroom, need a key like for a gas it? station bathroom. No. I didn't. hate that approach. So you just go in, but and I locked it up, and I just did did some destruction there in the yeah. the old porcelain bowl, and uh, finished up. Came out, and this is probably you know what five minutes later, not too long, and there's like a th a three person line waiting um, for me outside of the door. <laughs> the first of which is an employee who has seen me like using free internet there for yeah. the last two weeks and already probably hates me. Did you come out sheepish? I came out and just grinned and said, "Here you go." <laughs> door, knowing that this guy was going in there into so no embarrassment. I wasn't. I wasn't embarrassed because I knew I was never going to see those people again. But yeah, I wouldn't well, want my, until you came in again. I wouldn't want anyone. Well, this is like one of the last days yeah. we were there. I wouldn't want any of my, you know, real life contacts to probably see me do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So there. Okay. Well, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Because we uh, have embarrassed ourselves throughout the podcast. Yeah. For your entertainment every day. Um, coming up on Instagram this evening, a cat in a box. You can yeah. look forward to that. That'll yeah. be uh, entertaining for everybody. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. We have no idea when we're going to do it again. I'm going home this weekend. Baptism. Uh, we've been rolling pretty heavily Tuesdays and Thursdays. We could probably stick to that. Boy, that's a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. Now that I'm unemployed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can beat that. Uh, it is. It's tough. All right. But, uh, yeah. Let me see the family this weekend. Baptize it up. Do all that kind of stuff. Bat baptism. Yeah. The the holy hand of God is going to be... We told um, the godfather, Ben Moss, and my brother-in-law, Amanda's brother, that he has to write a speech for the baptism. <laughs> he believes it. And he believes <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And he's... Uh, um, he's working in... So maybe he'll find out on this podcast that we're making fun of him. Um, I, so I, I love you, Ben. Now, you have, now you have to bring him on it and make him read this. We are going to, well, we are going to, we will do that because we are going to have been on the podcast at some point. Talk about economic policy and get yeah. weird in that vein. Oh, he, he'll, he, he'll get as weird as anyone. Yeah, he'll get weird. Um, but anyway, that's all we have on the podcast today. We hope that you were 
uh, able to stand it and maybe even enjoy it. I think maybe so. It's like you know, it's like some vegetables you start to enjoy them the longer. If there's you ranch, eat I think we well, I think we brought some ranch. Yeah. All right. Thanks for checking it out. Bye. And uh, we love you very much.